0: Darius Leonard, Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20, he's gonna go! A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby! The horseshoe is back!
1: What is going on, Colts Nation? And welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. The Indianapolis Colts go down to Las Vegas. They come out with a dub, man. They cash out. The Colts right now sit at nine and four, number six seed in the AFC playoff picture right now, tied with the Tennessee Titans for, uh, for the AFC South. The Titans technically have the lead right now, but the Colts have the same record as the Titans. So, with three games left, the Colts still have a shot at the division. And, Derek, we can't, we talked a little bit about this yesterday. It's been a day since the game now as we're recording here on a Monday afternoon. What a huge win for this Colts team, especially last year down the stretch with how this team was really fading at this time. I think, I believe a year ago was that Saints game, you know, the worst game of the year, arguably last year when the Colts went down to New Orleans and got blown out. Well, this time, it's completely different. The Colts come mm-hmm. out with a big victory, decisive win, 44-27 to against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders also were in playoff contention as well, fighting for very, you know, this was a game we would say the Raiders probably needed this game more than the Colts, like the Colts needed it, but the Raiders were, you know, right now they're now fall to seven and six. So yeah, this was a big, big win for the Colts, um, especially because it still gives them a shot at that ASC South crown. So feeling good from a Colts fan standpoint right now, still on that high man from that victory was a very, very good game for three quarters. And then the Colts just really ran away with it in that fourth quarter, scored a couple times, forced a couple turnovers. Derek, what is the mood like for you even a day after this Colts victory?
0: Oh man, I couldn't stop talking about it at work, man. I mean, it was incredible to see the Colts be able to do what they did against uh, the Raiders this last week. I mean, it's incredible now because we said it coming into this stretch. We kept saying it over and over and over again. This stretch of games is going to be very important for the Colts. And you're right. The Raiders technically needed this game a little more than uh, than the Colts did. They actually needed it a lot more because now that they lost, they have to rely on going undefeated the rest of the way. The Dolphins losing two games and the Ravens basically losing to uh, Cleveland tonight. And then, you know, all of that has to happen in order for them to be in a playoff spot. But for Indianapolis, you know, we had a couple other things that could have went our way. If We could have still probably been in prime position to make a playoff push, even if we missed this one. But I could go down and say that this, this game in general, I think this game specifically was the most effective and most efficient game that the Colts have had all year long. Any any game that you want to put up there, I think this was the one that showed you that, that they can exploit other teams' weaknesses, and they were able to capitalize on them so much better in this one. So, man, game mood is still at an all-time high, and, man, I am just – I am as hyped as all the rest of Colts Nation was when Jonathan Taylor got that rushing touchdown. That's Oh, it. man,
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And we'll get into that. I mean, there was a lot of incredible plays from a lot of your guys that needed to make incredible plays. Like we thought they were going to make plays all year. They're starting to come on. You mentioned Jonathan Taylor, T.Y. Hilton, another guy, two touchdowns on the day. Hilton continues his hot stretch. And we talked about it, Derek, with T.Y. Hilton early on, he had a little bit of struggles. And, you know, we were just like, what's going on? This isn't the T.Y. Hilton that we know. Is age catching up with them past 30? What is it? And it just turned out he just needed a little bit more time, right? Now yeah. T.Y. Hilton, man, the last three weeks, he's been on a tear, man. He's He's been just killing defenses. And I've just loved what I've seen from number 13. He's a no-brainer re-signed for me at this point, yeah. um, which is definitely great. What can you say about Hilton, man? He He's such a selfless guy. I mean, we talked about it yesterday on that live stream, right? T.Y. Hilton went up to Frank Reich, Nick Sirianni at the beginning of the year and said, look, I understand that my targets and my receptions and my stats are probably going to go down this year. And I want you to know I'm totally okay with that. And that's the type of leader that you need in this wide receiver core. And I loved what T.Y. Hilton has done. And now he's finally getting his name called and man, he's producing, but let's get into it, Derek. Let's just start at the beginning. We'll start with this Colts offense. I mean, what can you say? A guy that, we don't talk about enough, and I know we don't talk about enough. Phillip Rivers, another very, very efficient day for Rivers. 19-28 to 28 for Phillip Rivers, 244 yards, two touchdowns, never put the ball in harm's way, was efficient as all can be, didn't get sacked, got hit once in this game. What was your thoughts on how Rivers played against this Raiders team?
0: I mean, he this is, again, another one of those really good games. Was it his best game of the year? I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily quite put it up there. But it's really close because I know this this Raiders defense has not been outstanding by any stretch of the imagination this year. I mean, they did fire their defensive coordinator a few hours after the loss to Indianapolis. So if that tells you anything (laughs) about what they were thinking about their defense, I understand. But yeah, like you said, Phillip Rivers just had a very efficient game today. Just not many throws that made you think at the beginning of the year, we were saying that there were some throws. It was like, why Philip rivers? Just why? And then like right. t- in that game, I never had, I never lost confidence. I felt like every throw he made, it was the right throw and it was a good throw every single time that he made it. And he looked great. It is incredible to see where he's coming on r- at right now. And for Philip rivers and this offense in general, This offense looks like it's peaking right about now. And this is the exact moment you want them to be peaking is right before the playoffs. Because if they're peaking right now, then that's so huge for when this team actually gets into playoff contention, because then when you got to face teams and every aspect of the game has to be going at an all time high. Now we know the Colts offense is there to pick up the pace from where the defense leaves off.
1: Yeah, and, and just some of we already mentioned some of the receivers. T. Y. Hilton five catches, eighty six yards, two touchdowns, Had that long forty one yard touchdown, which was fantastic. That's that's like T. Y. Hilton to a T. When you think of T. Y. Hilton, that's clutch T. Y. Hilton right there. That's a T. Y. Hilton we were hoping to see and didn't see for a good majority of the season. Uh, he had seven targets again. So T.Y. Hilton's been the most targeted Colts the last couple weeks, especially. Uh, loved what we've seen from him. Jack Doyle had a couple key catches there. He's just such a nice security blanket. We don't talk enough about him either. And Philip Rivers just loves Jack Doyle as well. Michael Pittman also contributed in a big way. Had two catches, 42 yards. Had a couple drops, but overall, I thought he was solid. He was really, really good, especially Derek um, on that wildcat formation Hines when he ran he handed off to Taylor Pittman had that key block there
0: yeah he uh, and that was guy. huge yep.
1: man and speaking of block Zach Paschal had one catch but did you see that highlight oh, video yes. of he Zach Pascal on Vic Beasley, Beasley
0: off the ground bro, <laughs> like, I mean, bro that's a wide receiver that's a wide <laughs> receiver that. knocking a defensive end on his ass bro I mean that was that was sick dude that was really yes. nice and And talking about, you know, and yeah, Michael Pittman had himself a decent game. He contributed in both facets. Same with Zach Paschal. They both blocked very well today or the other day, and they were able to also make some catches as well. But, you know, T.Y. over the last couple games, averaging six catches a game now and is averaging about 90 yards per game and has four touchdowns over the last three games. I mean, T.Y. Hilton is looking like, the T.Y. Hilton we know and love as yeah. of recently. And the crazy yeah. part is, we're not used to seeing him put up a ton of touchdown numbers either. So, I mean, he's actually adding that to his repertoire even more. Cause remember, we usually, I think we said at the beginning of the season for our uh, predictions for the stats, we didn't think T.Y. Hilton was going to lead the team in touchdowns because we thought, you know, he might get five but that's about it. I mean, we didn't think he'd get much more than that. And that's pretty much what he's been doing right now, but you know, there's still a lot more football left to be played. And you know, with the way Hilton's playing right now, he has reminded you, he's still the number one guy. And so he decides to turn it off.
1: Yeah. And right now Hilton uh, leads the Colts for 46 catches, 604 yards, four touchdowns. Two of those obviously came yesterday, he'll still has a chance potentially to reach 1,000 yards. I mean, he really does, especially with how he's been coming on, man. If he can get over 100 yards these next couple games, he really could, I feel like, push that mark and maybe be a 1,000-yard receiver. I don't know. That's kind of a stretch for me, um, but it could happen. And also, Phillip Rivers, we already mentioned Phillip Rivers um, a little bit. But a couple things that stand out to me, Derek, on the season, Rivers 68 completion percentage, 3,500 yards, 20 touchdowns to 9 interceptions. You remember that uh, earlier on in the season when Rivers had more interceptions than touchdowns and people were like flipping out? Well, look what's happened now. Rivers has been especially efficient. Uh, One of the lowest interception ratios in the league right now, which is huge, especially for those people, those haters of Phillip Rivers who say he's a turnover machine. Okay, you have to give him credit. He has not turned the ball over very much at all. He has been very efficient with the ball. and He's also pushing the ball down the field, which is absolutely huge. Um, for what rivers is doing. And I think that's a big reason why this passing offense has been really turning it on uh, T Y Hilton, Michael Pittman and all these guys, everybody coming together. You mentioned the offense starting to find itself a little bit more. Um, and you're talking about that offense. How about this running game over 200 yards on the ground, 212 yards on the day. That's crazy. Uh, led by Jonathan Taylor t- with 20 carries or 150 yards, two touchdowns, obviously had that huge 62 yard run for a touchdown. Yes. I mean, Derek, we talked about it all the way back when the Colts drafted him. This is what the Colts thought they were getting from Jonathan Taylor. He's starting to show it now. He's mm-hmm. 230 pounds and he could run that fast. Like, bro, he's a cheat code. Seriously. Yeah, that's
0: a cheat code.
1: That is yeah, that's a cheat like,
0: code that a guy that is 40 or 50 pounds heavier than your average corner can outrun them. That's right, and how fat? How, how
1: much does Naheem Hines weigh? I believe I don't even think he's 200 pounds. Naheem
0: Hines weighs less than 180 pounds, I think.
1: So that's I thought he was like 180
0: pounds. right about on the die.
1: Yeah, so that's 40 or 50 pounds that Jonathan Taylor has on him and still has close to that speed. He does this have guy's his a rare. Speed. Talent. I mean, those two are yeah.
0: practically identical when it comes to their 40 times. I yeah, mean, it is and- incredible.
1: Yeah, and speaking of Hines, he had seven carries for 58 yards. So he looked really good as well on the ground. Yeah. Uh, this one-two attack of Taylor and Hines, man, they're looking really, really good. Yeah. And either of those guys can produce or both of those guys can produce on a week-to-week basis, which is definitely huge for this matchup. Uh, so, yeah, I think, man, the Colts have struggled so much to run the football this year. They were in the 20s coming into this game. This has to give them so much more confidence and what can you say? Anthony Costanzo coming back was huge for this game. It was absolutely oh, yeah. huge. And I know Costanzo left early in that game and then came back, which was interesting to have Quentin Nelson over at left tackle and then yeah. uh, Joey Hunt at left guard. That was kind of interesting. But you know, overall, I thought I thought Hunt uh, played pretty decent c- considering the circumstances. But thank goodness. Number 74 came back into that game. Um, talked a little bit about that injury. It was just like, yeah, that kind of like lost pressure on the knee. He kind of talked about that. And fortunately he felt like, you know, he went to the locker room, felt like he could play through it. So shout out to Anthony Costanzo for being able to play through that injury a little bit and still contributed in a big way. I mean, 200 yards speaks for itself right there, man.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. you know, there were, and not every run was off to the right side. I mean, obviously Jonathan Taylor's 62 yard run was to the right side. But there yep. were a couple runs that Hines and Jonathan Taylor were able to make on the left side. Yeah, you know, that 31-yard
1: run was. Yeah, was that
0: 31-yard was run that was uh, to Her- uh, where to Eric Hines. Harris was trying to uh, make the tackle on Hines. He bit too far on the inside on the left side, yeah. and <laughs> you Hines don't do that. You, you can't do that when it's <laughs> no. when it's not Hines, he's going to make you pay. I promise. Right. But yeah, and this is where we were saying. That all that time of Jonathan Taylor trying to learn the system, he didn't have a preseason, didn't have much of an early training camp. He just got thrown right in and said, let's go do it because Marlon Mm -hmm. Mack's not here anymore. Right. He had to learn on the spot. And I always have the philosophy, too, that rookies, they have a they have a a timetable. The first couple of weeks, the first half of the season, you see what you get from them, and then in the second half, we see the whether or not they're going to fail or they're going to extend themselves next year. And we saw with Rocky Asin his rookie year in the second half of the season. What? How did he look? He actually looked pretty good. He was looking like a really good corner, and we had confidence in him coming into this year because of what we saw for the final last few games. We're now seeing Jonathan Taylor with half a year's worth of experience now under his belt, he's starting to learn the speed of the NFL. And he's starting to understand, I have to stop thinking so much. I just have to run the way I know how to run. And that's hit the hole hard and let my feet take over the rest of the way. And he looks he looks exactly like he did at Wisconsin, dude. Seriously. He Mm -hmm. looks exactly like it now. Just breaking through holes, running over guys, getting extended yards because people are trying to arm tackle him. I mean, th- this guy is an animal. And right now, if you're an opposing defense, what you thought you didn't see with the Colts run deep, running uh, attack at the beginning of the year, you got to throw that game plan out now. It- it- it's yep. here. It's able to be effective now. So yeah, this offense looks really good all around, dude.
1: I thought Frank Reich put it exactly how I think it is. It's just confidence with Jonathan Taylor. He's gaining that confidence and that's huge for him moving forward. He's looked really, really, really confident the last couple of weeks. So love what we see there from number 28, excited to see him potentially expose this really atrocious Houston running game this next week. He still has a chance as well to get a thousand yards. I believe right now, Jonathan Taylor, let me pull it up here. Yeah, so he has 759 yards and six touchdowns on the year. So he still has a decent shot, I feel like, at potentially eclipsing 1,000 yards. And that's with being benched throughout through the season uh, for a couple games there. But being exposed to you-know-what. But anyway, yeah, I really think that he's really started to come on. I've really loved what I've seen from him the last couple weeks, so really the last three weeks especially, over 300 yards on the ground has added a little bit in the receiving game as well. So super excited and super confident in Jonathan Taylor moving forward. All right, let's move on now, Derek, to the defense. The Colts defense started off a little bit sluggish there, um, especially in that first and second quarter. I know they didn't allow a ton of points. They only allowed 14 points in that first half, but the Raiders are really kind of tearing through them a little bit, especially in the passing attack. Um, they really were just tearing through them everywhere um, in, the, in certain points in the first half but credit the colts defense once again comes through they do allow a touchdown in the second half but really it was a garbage time a touchdown at the end of the yeah. game which people have debated it looked like the colts were being held on that play but you know it's not here or there who cares is it was uh, the game we, was out we, of hand we all know point. we
0: all know the colts don't get holding penalties bro they, right we never get them. We,
1: we we get them called <laughs> against us but yeah we, never in the yeah. other way but oh sorry to bring that horrible yeah memory bring back, that but... back
0: up it's okay we won that game in the end let's not worry we did. about it
1: thank goodness um but anyway this defense uh first half was a little bit rough at certain points especially the pass rush department the colts didn't sack Derek Carr at all um so that is definitely something that needs to improve and i would say Derek, you know after looking at this performance potentially edge rusher now becomes more of a need this offseason because Kamoko Torres had some decent moments, but last, this last game didn't look the greatest. Nobody got any pressure really on Derek Carr the whole day. So I think the Colts definitely need to look at potentially get another edge rusher or two to, uh, to, to help out here. But overall they, they really buckled down in the second half and really started at the end of that first half with that Kenny Moore insane Odell Beckham catch uh, interception in the end zone. I mean, what can you, what else can you say, but Oh my gosh! <laughs> like what a There's interception! There's nothing more you can say about it. There's man. something no, about going and playing the Raiders at at the Raiders Stadium with the Colts that the Colts just make these insane one-handed catches. Mo Ali Cox a couple years ago, Kenny Moore this year. Oh my gosh, what a play, man! And Kenny Moore really coming back because he struggled a little bit in that first half. Up to that point. There was kind of like things it was like he was lost in coverage a little bit and very unkenny more-like type of type of plays from him. But credit him, man. He came back, made that interception, stopped that drive at the end of that first half, forced a fumble in the second half. And man, Kenny Moore, what can you say? Best slot corner in the league. And in my opinion, should four. be undoubtedly a Pro Bowl, all pro type of guy. Totally. He just never gets the recognition he deserves. But Kenny Moore leads the team with four interceptions definitely deserves to be considered.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'll start with the first thing you said about pass rush. Yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting because the defensive ends for you know, Indianapolis have been good all year. There's no question about it, but I mean, we were going up against a very good offensive line in Las Vegas Raiders. They definitely have a very good offensive line. They got Trent Brown back. They got a couple of guys back. They uh, had a issue with a COVID scare a few weeks ago, where some of those guys may not have been able to play for a couple of weeks. But thankfully, uh, that's not been an issue. But their offensive line's really good, and you know, and we and Darian came on our on our podcast last night and said, you know, the the Raiders didn't really try to go deep on a lot of throws. There were a couple of them that were medium throws, but nothing that was really like over the top, you know, nobody that was like going for, you know, a a 50 yard bomb for a touchdown, right? When they never used rugs that way, Daryl Waller, even if he tried, never really got a chance to. Um, And Carr actually does get the ball out faster than I think all but maybe one or two quarterbacks So they get the ball out very fast. They want to get it out quickly. And especially against this Colts pass rush, you know that you have to. So, I mean, that, you know, he he picked the team apart quite often in zone. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you look at the numbers, 31 of 45 for 316 yards. But ultimately, you got to give credit to the Colts. Bend, don't break defense. It's exactly what this team does all the time. Multiple times in that second half. They get all the way down to the, down to the goal line. And what happens? They couldn't get in this Colts defense just somehow holds it off. And, you know, he had a 74 QBR uh, QBR uh, compared to Phillips 86 and had a passer rating of 85 compared to rivers 116. So we obviously know which quarterback was the more efficient one. I I do feel bad for him on the one intercept. I honestly, the, both of these interceptions, I kind of feel bad for him because yeah. the second one that wasn't his fault, it went right off his running back's hands and he dropped it and it landed in Kari Willis's lap. There's nothing he could do about that. Yeah. And the first one to Daryl Waller, I mean, th- that was that was more of an amazing throw or amazing play by Kenny Moore because it was the right throw to make and it was a good throw. Just ultimately, Kenny Moore just made a better play. I think that's ultimately what it was. So, you know, the defensive line, yeah, it's got to get more pressure. And they did try to blitz some guys. They did try to bring Darius and Kenny Moore, but everything they did, it just never worked. Derek Carr got the ball out of his hands quickly. But, yeah, yeah, Kenny Moore, phenomenal, phenomenal game. And the good thing was with this defensive line, even though we weren't able to get any kind of pass rush, we did keep Josh Jacobs from doing anything sufficient in the run game was really only averaging about three yards a carry. Yep.
1: 3.8. I believe it was
0: 3.8. Yeah. Even though, you know, he only had, he had 13 carries and when you average 3.8, it's not a, that's not a lot of yards there, but um, yeah. So defensive line did what it was supposed to do. Secondary uh, sharpened up really well, especially when you got later on into the red zone and you know the linebackers too. I mean, the, the Okariki had some really good tackles in this game. Darius Leonard all over the place again to, uh, in that game. Eleven tackles. I mean, Darius Leonard was everywhere making plays. So, and thankfully, we don't think Darius Leonard got hurt too bad on that last uh, drive. So, yeah. You know, overall, you know, it was a, it was a solid game from the defense. We they gave up 14 points in the uh, in the first half, but. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible. It looked like the the momentum shifted when Kenny Moore intercepted Derek Carr. After oh, yeah. that, I think this defense kind of settled in and realized that, you know, the, the Raiders are not everything that people say they are about their high powered offense.
1: And Rocky Sin also had a really nice pass break up on a third down that, yeah. you know, forced the Raiders to kick a field goal there. So that was a big play. Good to see Rocky in limited snaps, uh, playing confident there. But, yeah, Yeah. going back to the pass rush real fast, you know, it's been good at times, but I think, Derek, the biggest thing for me is the fact that it just has not been what we've talked about consistently there. And that is a big reason why I'm like, edge rusher might be a bigger need than I think we're even thinking about right now because, you know, Justin Houston, credit him. He had a really nice game against Houston a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But where was he at? Like, where, where were some of these guys at making sacks when you needed them to? And I know, like, the Raiders like to get the ball off, but I, I was listening to Kevin Bowen's podcast a little bit ago. Derek Carr held the ball, you know, probably one of the longest this week out of any of the quarterbacks. So if that tells you anything about this defensive line, like – they got to get more pressure. They got to figure something out, man. I don't know what it is, uh, but if you're going and playing against some of those elite, elite quarterbacks, like Derek Carr, I would say is an above average quarterback, but if you're playing against the Patrick Mahomes, uh, the Josh Allen, you know, whoever it is, you have to be able to get pressure on the quarterback. And the fact that the Colts weren't able to, honestly, that's my biggest complaint in this game. They just weren't able to get some consistent pressure. Now, hopefully they can figure it out moving forward. I feel like they have the pieces to be able to do that, but that is just something moving forward. Be my biggest concern for the Colts moving forward. I know they still have three games to go. They have Houston next week. They have Pittsburgh, who now has lost two straight, which is looking more and more, more, and more winnable every single week, it seems like now. Yeah. Um, and then they finish with Jacksonville at home. So the Colts realistically, Derek, had a chance to go 3-0 and in the last three games. I don't know if they're going to do it because – it is the NFL Um, stuff can happen. Uh, You can lose the teams. Like we know we lost Jacksonville, Jacksonville's won one game all season. That was against us. So you never know what can happen, but the cool thing is and credit, Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, everybody in this regime, the Colts have a shot in every single game. I feel like they've had a shot in every single game this year. And I think that's just got to credit them. They, they built a monster despite the injuries that have happened. You lose your starting running back. You know, you've had different tight ends. All your tight ends, all your three tight ends have been hurt at one point. You've shuffled offensive line. Your defensive line has been, has missed some guys. Your, your linebacker, same, corner, same, all that stuff. You're missing your punter and you're still sitting at nine and four. Uh, and I can't complain about that. You really can control your own destiny, which is the beauty of this game. Derek, I know that we came into this game a little bit nervous, honestly, because it seems like the, the Raiders always have the Colts' number, or it's always really close. The last couple of matchups have been come down to the wire, really. And I would say even the last year's game, it really wasn't as close as the score indicated. But anyway, regardless of that, the Colts right now are nine and four. Can't complain. Number six right now in the playoffs. A lot's going to happen. A lot can happen and a lot will happen. But I think Derek, in order for the Colts to potentially steal the ASC South back, they need to do, they need a couple things need to happen. In my opinion, first off, you got to win out. I think you have to win out. You got to be 12 and four. If you're 12 and four, Tennessee still plays green Bay, which I think they will lose that game. So if Tennessee loses that game, boom, there you go. Uh, that, that's really the biggest thing for me because they play Jacksonville and they play Detroit without Matthew Stafford, potentially. So they're yeah. probably going to win those two games. I mean, we and I would say, Hey, we beat them with Matthew Stafford. So if the Titans, that game's even close, we, we can talk about that. But
0: yeah, honestly, Derek,
1: and I've heard a couple people say this. I kind of want to rematch with Tennessee
0: at full strength. I really do. Yeah. At full strength. They talk a lot of crap. When our best, when our all pro defensive tackle And a few other guys are missing, but then they'll say, Oh, well, the injuries on the other side. Yeah. But you guys lost him in week one. You lost him at the very beginning. You've had times to make adjustments and figure things out on that offensive line. And a couple other guys, we just lost Buckner a few days before that game started. And he is the best player on that defense outside of my guy, Darius Leonard. I got to say Darius Leonard, I'm sorry. I got to keep up with that one, but DeForest Buckner is just such an immediate threat to anything you do in the run game that it's not comparable. It's not comparable. And, and great. Right. Right, you you ran the ball all over us when we're missing, when we're missing two to three defensive linemen that really could have shifted the tide of the game. If we did, if we had them at the beginning.
1: Yep, exactly. So I would love to see strength against strength here. I want to play Tennessee again, potentially, but Regardless, both of us are most likely going to be in the playoffs. I believe the Colts' playoff chances are in the nineties now. Um, it was I thought they it said it was
0: eighty-five percent.
1: Is it eighty-five? Okay, yeah, I know it's really it, it really went up with this win. So I really think unless the Colts have a catastrophic next three weeks, yeah, there's no right. they're going to be a playoff team, which is amazing, mm-hmm. amazing compared to last year. This is just incredible right now. Incredible yeah. feeling. Already nine wins. You have a winning record again. Uh, I, I love it, man. I absolutely, absolutely. love it. Uh, we, we, I know we, we could continue to go on, continue to praise this team, but the reality is, man. As great as this victory was, we still have three games to go. We're focused on Houston. We're moving on. We got to go win this game. We got to get to ten wins this next week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Every game at this point impact seating and everything else. We all pretty much agree here that we think the Colts are going to the playoffs. Just now, ultimately it's where in the playoffs are you going to get, that's the big part here over the last three weeks. A lot of things are going to shift. A lot of things are going to change. And as long as the Colts don't get ahead of themselves, which I don't believe they will, because the mindset of this team is very strong outside of what the Steelers are. I don't think the Steelers are, um mentally where they should be right now for a team that right. just and, lost and they bro
1: and they have some injuries too which factor in as well their offense hasn't been particularly great recently so we'll get into that later if sh- I'm, I'm sure yeah, we yeah. will but all right that'll do it for this recap colts victorious nine and four number six right now in the afc playoffs potentially could win the afc style three games to go thanks guys so much for tuning in for Derek and myself and as always go colts yeah.